Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today we have an update on spring runoff, which is higher than expected. APAS says the federal budget leaves more questions than answers. We have the latest grain market outlook following today's USDA report. Wild pigs remain a big concern in parts of Saskatchewan, and Protein Industries Canada is looking at improving the regulations around plant-based foods. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. The latest report from the Saskatchewan Water Security Agency says there is higher than expected spring runoff. The agency says the extra water is helping to refill many of the reservoirs that were very low following last summer's extended period of high heat and limited precipitation. The runoff began in mid-March in the southwest and is progressing eastward and northward. A slower melting period is helping keep runoff in channels with a low risk for flooding expected. Higher than expected runoff in the Moose Jaw, Swift Current and Old Wives basins has helped replenish water supply reservoirs. Runoff is below normal but higher than expected in the Maple Creek, Battle, Frenchman and Lodge Creek basins. On the Capel system, ice is causing higher than expected water levels and the agency is monitoring the situation. Strong flows are expected along the South Saskatchewan River and will help bring levels up at Lake Diefenbaker, improving conditions for irrigation and recreation. Grain markets are on the upswing this week. PI Financial Commodity Futures Advisor Adam Pacallo says canola has gained $26 a ton for the week, while spring wheat is up 51 cents a bushel. Well, Jim, starting off on the canola front, May canola increased approximately $26 a ton for the week. Today, we are up $10, and it looks like the May contract is potentially closing in on some new highs here, all contract time highs. On the Minneapolis wheat front, the May contract increased approximately 51 cents a bushel this week, with uh, half of that gain actually coming today with the futures up 25 cents a bushel right now at 1125. 
So all of the greens really across the board today here on Friday are up. And the USDA report was fairly friendly. So to talk about a few notable numbers, the USDA reduced their 2021-2022 ending stocks for U.S. soybeans for the third straight month now on increasing demand, they speculate. So the carryout is now at about 260 million bushels versus 257 million last year, which is basically the same. But really, the ending stocks this year and the improved demand is really keeping the soy markets quite strong. We've seen as well, too, soybean oil really start to continue its rally. And I believe that's, again, still very supportive for the canola markets right now. So what's the outlook for next week and beyond? Well, Right now, when you look at some of the commodities, it looks like they want to turn back to their contract highs. If you take a look at Minneapolis wheat, it's looking like it wants to potentially run back up to that $12 a bushel mark on the May contract. If you take a look at soybeans, same thing. The highs that they made back in the end of March, it's looking like those might be attainable, as well as even on the corn market. Corn is actually breaking to new all-time highs on the July contract. So lots of grains are are looking like they want to keep going higher. Canola, again, being one of them as well, too. So the outlook right now is fairly positive across the board. Maybe one negative factor is the U.S. dollar has been actually pushing to to some 52-week highs here. So that could put a cap on, on grain prices going higher at some point. But for now, I am talking with clients still about protecting some profitable new crop prices on canola using more option strategies for reducing risk. But again, these markets do still have a lot of strength and momentum behind them. How much is the war in Ukraine pushing up the markets? So one thing that's really happening right now is watching the the actual planting of, of, for example, for wheat in Ukraine. And that's one thing that we'll see how their exports come in this year. They did actually lower, again, Ukraine exports in the USDA. And that's something that can really affect things kind of going forward to see what their, their crop looks like this year. And so there is some speculation that really new crop balance sheets will be tight and Ukraine can tighten that further. So I think these grain markets are, are reflecting that. Adam Pacallo is a commodity futures advisor with PI Financial. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Seedmaster. No matter what you grow, Seedmaster has the ultimate seeding solutions for better crops and bigger profits. Seedmaster.ca. This portion also brought to you by Perry Co-op. A researcher with the University of Saskatchewan suggests the risks associated with the spread of African swine fever have stimulated an increased interest in taking action to deal with wild pigs. Dr. Ryan Brook, an associate professor in the Department of Agriculture and Bioresources with the University of Saskatchewan, says wild pigs are easily the most invasive large mammal on the planet. 
Well, we don't use wild boar in our discussions. We say wild pig because it, we have a lot of animals running around the wild that look like wild boar, and they are. But in most cases, they've been hybridized with one or various uh, types or, or breeds of domestic pig. There are a few free-ranging pink pigs as well, and, and now we're seeing more and more uh, potbelly pigs out on the landscape as well. And so all of those collectively, they're all the same species, Suscrofa. They can and will interbreed amongst each other. Uh, but, but they're all collectively called wild pigs, and, and wild boar is uh, not really true. Some people say feral swine, which is fine. There are a number of different terms, but wild pig is the best catch-all for everything out there. Brooks says wild pigs cover a wide area of Saskatchewan. Uh, from our research, we I would say the most important and most defensible part of our research over the last 12 years has been mapping where are the pigs in Canada, and so we, we know that the wild pigs currently occupy about 1 million square kilometers of Canada, so they're very broadly distributed. The overwhelming majority of those are on the uh, Canadian prairie provinces of Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba. And within each province, there's one or two major hot spots or what we call strongholds. In Alberta, it's west of Edmonton. There's a major stronghold, and most of the pigs are there. In Saskatchewan, a bit in, in the Battleford area, but mainly uh, near the Manitoba border in that Melfort, uh, Saskatchewan country. And in that area, there are more wild pigs in that area than the rest of Canada combined. So to be really clear, that is the hot spot in the country. In Manitoba, they are spread across the southern half of the province. Uh, with, you know, few sightings over the last five years from the White Shale and the Ontario border south to the U.S. border and the Turtle Mountains. And then lots and lots. The most pigs by far are in the southwest corner of the province. S specifically, Spruce Woods has the core breeding population and what we see is that there are animals it almost looks like a shotgun blast if you shot spruce woods with a 12 gauge and lots of bullets you'd see a cluster right at spruce woods but them emanating out from there and that's our biggest problem in manitoba by far brooks's wild pigs cause some major problems uh, wild pigs are easily the the most uh, invasive large mammal on the planet and they have one of the things that makes them so bad is their range of impacts of course, agriculture is our number one concern. In the U.S., they do $2.5 billion worth of crop damage alone in the continental U.S. They do a lot of crop damage in Canada. They have uh, water quality impacts. They, they don't have sweat glands, so they wallow in the water and the mud, and they, and they, have, you know, they defecate in there, and so you get salmonella, you get E. coli, and you just get a whole lot of dirt turned up. So you see this nice, beautiful, clean wetland or stream, and then pigs move in and the water quality goes, uh, the water gets dark and, and, and unusable. Uh, they eat anything from an adult white-tailed deer down to small mammals, birds, frogs, huge ecosystem impacts as well. And then arguably the one that keeps me awake at night is the disease side. They can potentially harbor disease and parasites. They can impact, influ, in, infect humans, pets, wildlife, and, and particularly notable uh, livestock. And African swine fever is a big global crisis right now, especially in Europe, China, or Europe, uh, Asia, and, and in North Africa or in Africa. Um, big concern to the domestic pig industry. And we know from Asia and Europe that wild pig type can actually harbor and spread that disease. So we have some countries in Europe, for example, that have fenced every inch of their border with some other countries trying to keep those wild pigs out from spreading African swine fever. 
And that's really, I think, mainly why we've seen a huge interest in Canada about doing something all of a sudden now in the last couple of years, mainly because of African swine fever. Brooks says wild pigs reproduce in large numbers quickly. He says they're difficult to locate and eradicate because they tunnel into snow and soil. This spring, the province has made changes to allow wild pigs to be poisoned. One suggestion is to capture and put a tracking collar on a wild pig to find the animals. He says eradicate the herd except the one tracking pig and follow him to the next group and continue the process. He says hunting is not a success story because the animals become nocturnal and hide in heavy cover. A database is being developed to outline sightings of wild pigs. Dr. Ryan Brook is an associate professor in the Department of Agriculture and Bioresources with the University of Saskatchewan. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. There, there's a real movement afoot for there to be more investigation and a look into the separation from the between the price of what cattle producers get for their product and some of the prices that are uh, in the box beef market or at the grocery store level. We've seen uh, a couple of class action lawsuits, Quebec, I think British Columbia, when it comes to a class action lawsuit against uh, some of the big meat packers. Some of those are not even operating in Canada. They are south of the border exclusively. Here to shed some details on what is happening in regards to this topic is Kevin Greer of Kevin Greer Consulting out of Guelph, Ontario. Have I explained the situation there accurately in terms of what is happening from a pressure perspective? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I, I give you my perspective on, on what, what's happened uh, in the last couple of years. We went into, say, 2019 uh, when I say we, I'm talking about the cattle, North American cattle industry with um, exceptionally large supplies of um, steers and heifers. Um, uh, we were on the upside of the, the numbers. Um, the cow herd was just starting to decline. So the, the size of the herd was very large relative to the prior 10 years. At the same time, uh, the packing industry had gone through a period of rationalization. There were plants closed across the United States. And so uh, the the packing capacity had been declining to more match what the uh, supplies were, say, uh, six or seven or ten years prior to that. So we had a, a mismatch there. Cattle supplies were abundant by any stretch, by any uh, by any measure, and the capacity had been reduced. So you go into 2019 uh, through the 2021 period already with a um, a leverage problem if you're a cattle feeder. Uh, again, the supply demand balance is tilted against you. So that's that's the big picture setting on the cattle side. Then. You, you probably remember this summer of 2019, there was a fire at, uh, at the Finney County, the Tyson-Finney County plant. Mm-hmm. Um, that was regarded as extraordinarily serious. That killed 6,000 a day. And when you, when you kill um, about 100,000 or so a day, getting, getting six knocked out for half a year is a very big deal. So that's a, that's a ma- that was a major problem. Again, so you're already fighting an imbalance, number one. Number two, you've got this this 
other big problem. It went out in August and it didn't get back online until I think December. So you had you had problems there. Then of course 2019 goes into 2020. You know what happened then? Uh, the second quarter of 2020 was a disaster in terms of uh, in terms of uh, production. So cattle were backed up for all of t- the rest of 2020 and into 2021. So in other words, again, you had a, a, a severe problem of getting cattle, backed up cattle moved through the system. So you, you go into this period with the cards stacked against you in terms of total supply and capacity. You have Finney County, then you have the COVID situation. And again, the COVID situation uh, in terms of capacity and getting cattle moved lasted through um, even to, in the better part of 2021. So the, the, uh, major problems on the cattle side, okay? So cattle prices were lower as a result of those things, unusual events as well as just basic supply and demand. Now flip it over, Sean, onto the beef side. Reduced production because of COVID or Tyson, um, combined that with nervous buyers, you got, you got some pretty serious uptick in terms of beef pricing. But the number one thing, Sean, was... During 2020 and 2021, U.S. beef demand was off the charts phenomenal. Like I think the best I've been tracking it for 30 years. I I don't believe I've seen better beef demand in 30 years than in 2021. You combine the lower um, cattle prices because of all the things I just said with phenomenal demand, and you got beef prices going through the roof. And what does that all translate into? That translates into pretty darn good. Uh, packing margins, and I'm being facetious, they're phenomenal packing margins because of great demand and because of unusual events on the, on the, on the cattle side. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Sunny today, wind southeast 40, gusting to 60, the high 12 degrees. Periods of rain beginning overnight, the low plus 5. Saturday, periods of rain, wind west 20, gusting to 40, increasing to 40, gusting to 60. The high 8 Saturday with temperature falling to plus 3 in the afternoon, the low minus 4. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high plus 5, the low minus 10. Monday, partly cloudy, the high plus 2, the low minus 10. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high plus 3, the low minus 7. Wednesday, partly cloudy, the high minus 1, the low minus 8. Thursday, partly cloudy with a high of 0. Normal high is 10 degrees, the normal low minus 4. The sun rose at 6.20 this morning. It sets at 7.41 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is leader for the second day in a row. Today, 16 degrees in leader. And the cold spot, Melfort, at plus 2. On the roundup, Estevan is 8. Saskatoon, 12. Swift Current, 13. Weyburn, 8. Yorkton is 5. Cloudy in Regina, 9 degrees. That's 48 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the southeast at 34, gusting to 45. Humidity is 48%. The barometer falling 102.0. Cloudy in Moose Jaw, 13. Winds are from the south at 39, gusting to 50. 
Once again, Regina, cloudy and 9, that's 48 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers, mcdougalauctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. Regina-based Protein Industries Canada is taking steps to modernize the Canadian regulatory system around plant-based food products. Protein Industries CEO Bill Gruel has announced a $1.5 million project with Pulse Canada and Loblaws to improve the regulations around plant-based food ingredients. When we talk to our members, Jim, they're, they're always concerned about the regulatory landscape for plant-based foods in Canada. Things like protein labeling regulations, nomenclature, calling uh, a plant-based food a burger or a sausage, you know, fortifying uh, plant-based foods so that they're nutritionally equivalent to animal-based products. And these are all things that are slowing down the pace of innovation and make not, not allowing us to meet consumers' demand for, for the products that they want. So together with our partners, which includes Pulse Canada, Plant-Based Foods of Canada and Loblaws companies, we're standing up what we're calling a regulatory center of excellence. So that's a $1.5 million project looking at ensuring that we've got modern regulations that protect human health, consider things like nutrition, but also give companies the flexibility to innovate and develop new products. How is this a change from current regulations? Yeah, so really the work that we're going to do is to support a change in regulation. So the project in and of itself will fund science, research, consumer data, and all of the things that we need to provide Health Canada the data and information that they need to support regulatory changes. What are the current regulations that are restrictive or a problem for the pulse and protein industry? Yeah, I think there's a couple things. One is called protein labeling regulations for the nutrient content claims. So if you look at a product today in the grocery store, it talks about the protein makeup of the protein, the nutritional makeup. We really think that really just the protein content is enough for consumers to make an informed choice. There's this idea of nomenclature. What do we call products? So there's always a bit of uh, anxiety between the plant-based food sector and the traditional food sector. Can we call plant-based cheeses cheese? Can we call plant-based burgers burgers? We need to sort that out and make sure that we're respecting both the, the products that are in the store, but also giving the consumers the knowledge that they need to make informed choices. And, and this other thing, it's called fortification of simulated plant-based meat. So that's ensuring that we're bringing the protein content up for plant-based foods similar to meat-based foods so that when consumers are choosing their product, they're not compromising the nutrition or, or the health of the products that they choose. Do you see the current regulations as too restrictive or too loose? You know, I, I think we're doing a good job of balancing in Canada consumer safety with food products. I think, though, that the regulations are not allowing for the pace of innovation and not allowing companies in the plant-based food space to keep up with consumer demand. And so I think we can strike a balance between 
you know, consumer safety and protecting the health and nutrition of our food products and allowing for the pace of innovation. So this is really looking forward. How soon do you hope to see Health Canada do some enhancements or changes to the regulatory system? Yeah, that, that's always the challenge. The regulatory changes do not happen quickly. And, and you know, there's some good reasons for that. We are talking about, you know, health and safety of products, more health. I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about the safety of plant-based food products. But, you know, Health Canada wants to see good information. They want to see good scientific data in order to effect change. I hope that we can really effect some change in the next 12 to 18 months with this investment. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. Bill Gruel is the CEO of Protein Industries Canada, based in Regina. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. The president of APAS is yesterday's federal budget leaves farmers with some unanswered questions. Ian Boxall says there was no indication of a commitment to increase funding for the next five-year federal-provincial agricultural policy framework. The current framework ends in less than a year with more negotiations required. The federal government is planning to rebate $100 million from the carbon tax directly to farmers in provinces where the federal system applies, including Saskatchewan. But APAS feels that funding does not reflect the actual increased costs of carbon pricing. Boxall also wants to see more federal action on access to reasonable farm inputs. On the positive side, APAS supports infrastructure funding for road and rail to the port of Vancouver. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Freeze Tallman Lumber. Purchase your all-weather windows with installation from Freeze Tallman before April 27th and you'll save 15%. Grain prices were mixed in early trading today. Viterra prices for canola rose $8.50 at $11.29.72. Oats fell $110 at $3.91.53. Number one red spring wheat gained $8.54 at $4.86.72. The rest were unchanged. Durham $5.51.16. Feed bar Barley 362.54, flax 1291.47, lentils 932.50, yellow peas 639.66, feed wheat 378.30. At Minneapolis, May spring wheat gained 21 and a quarter cents at 11.20 and three quarter cents a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the source 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. And now, the latest Livestock Quote. This is Grandpa now with the Market Report. Heartland Livestock here in Musha, 250 on offer here, consisting mostly of cows at our Thursday regular sale. These cows, they sold a little bit stronger again here this week. These good, big, strong cows. Dollar two to dollar nine sales right up to a buck eleven on them high-yielding cows. Hey, fed cows from 90 to a buck one. These younger kind of feeding cows, they were a dollar eight right up to a dollar nineteen on some of them. Pre-sort here Tuesday, April twelfth. All your loans to be here by two p.m. on Monday for pre-sorting. This is Grant Barnett reporting. Let's have one great afternoon. And now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold eighty four hundred hogs Thursday, selling a range of two hundred twenty two to two hundred thirty five dollars per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around forty seven hundred head. Selling a range of $223 to $235 per CKG. 100 index hog prices for the weekend, Saturday, April 9th, are Oldie West 2020, 230.20, 230 
Only West 2021, 233.30. Maple Leaf Sig 4, 223.52. Hams Cash, 221.52. Thunder Creek Brick Co., 226.20. And High Life Cash and Contract, $236.33 per CKG. Hams Cash Hog Price today is mixed, and forward contract prices open mixed this morning. On Thursday, the Canadian dollar is down 47 basis points, with the daily exchange rate at 1.2584. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 79.40 cents US. Daily US cash prices are lower to finish the week. The Western Corn Belt is down 37 cents US 100 weight, while both national variants soften 46 cents relative to the previous day. Average base prices are likewise lower, with Western Corn Belt pulling back $4.37, which is the largest one-week drop for the region in 2022, and going back as far as September 2021. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. Saskatchewan Polytechnic has received over $1 million for two digital applied research projects. The funding is from the Natural Sciences and Engineering Research Council. The two research projects are designed to help small to medium-sized enterprises seize new opportunities to grow and become more competitive. The research is focused on data to help Canadian mining, municipal, infrastructure, transportation, security, and agricultural sectors. The first project is designed to help automation equipment operate underground in mining where there is no GPS-derived coordinates. The research looks at sensor technology. The second project looks at improving the use of drones, rovers and unmanned boats to inspect critical infrastructure in energy and utilities, manufacturing, agriculture, transportation and security. On the markets today, the TSX is up 112 points to 21,947. The Dow has gained 287 points to 34,871. Oil has risen 81 cents at 96.84 per barrel. The Canadian dollar is up four one hundredths of a cent at 79.46 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.